Welcome to the Break New Ground Podcast. My name is Luis Prado, aka B-Boy El Prad. And today we have a very special episode because we are not in California. We're not in San Diego. We're actually across the country on the East Coast in Philadelphia. And uh, where I'm not doing this podcast alone, as you know, we always have a guest. And today we have an extra special guest, someone that's performing with me on this trip, someone that I consider one of my wisest friends. Uh, today we have Juice, Josh Washington, aka Juice. Josh, oh, welcome on the podcast, man. I'm happy to have you here. Bro, I'm happy to be here. I feel like that was the best introduction I've ever received in my life. I'm glad because that <laughs> that came so natural to me. There was absolutely like no rehearsal there. So unlike unlike our performance today, there was no rehearsal on that one. <laughs> Zero. Um, I've been meaning to have Josh on the podcast for like a very long time, especially because he's going to start his own podcast. And I think for artists to just... Uh, reach out of their own comfort circle in terms of artistry like that'll be a very important avenue to explore on this podcast but as of uh as of right now um it's interesting that we're here in this setting in philly because we were on this trip a year ago yeah we were roommates at that point in time bunkmates bunkmates yeah we were bunkmates (laughs) and we got to know each other on like a better level We, we were already performers together but we got to know each other as friends and uh, we covered a lot of topics back then, yeah. non-recorded. <laughs> <laughs> so this time, we're going to cover some topics in a more recorded setting. Um, so as you know, you come onto the podcast, I just explore your mind as an artist, your mind as a person, and uh, I ask you a few questions. All right, I'm down for some questions and exploring. I love it. But the most important question, and the one that I think you're going to have one of the best answers for, is who is Juice and how do you describe what you do as an artist? Oh man, so that's a really good question. Um, Juice actually is a family name. So my dad started calling me funny that funny enough. Um, I was like one or two years old and they gave me some apple juice for the first time. Oh shit. My eyes lit up, like my face brightened up and I was just like more, more, I want more. And um, I think that kind of capitalizes me as a person is I'm always trying to get more, do more, improve myself. And like as an artist, that's where that comes out. I'm always trying to improve 1% every day. That's good because like you mentioned that as an artist, but it seems that from what I've come to know, you as a person, you're always trying to improve yourself. You're always finding new ways to introduce yourself to new ideas, to just do things and become a better person because of it. Yeah. And that's also like why I say you're one of my wisest friends because a lot of people don't take that approach. A lot of people are just like, do things because they like to do them, but they don't exactly try to figure out the meaning of things or why exactly they do things or how to do things better. So I, I just like dissected <laughs> you as a character right now. <laughs> I did a complete movie analysis yeah, on him. Yeah, got all my stats and everything yeah. written down. Like. <laughs> his weight, his height, yeah. his special features. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like seriously, th- there's a, a lot of to discover there. And I think it definitely bleeds into who you are as an artist. Um, so you're a dancer definitely a dancer what is your style what is your like strength um i would say my style is freestyle just being Mm. free with the music um trying to basically interpret the music and show that with my my movement and my body um my first big inspiration were uh, the jabberwockies yes so that's kind of like the generation i come from is kind of like the abdc dance generation that's what really inspired me to start that was early 2000s, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's when dance really blew up. That's when like crew dancing became like a, like the it thing. Back yeah. then it was super popular. And that's, I mean, I wasn't a dancing back then, but that's when I first started hearing about like super crew, like Jabberwockies, 
Um, eventually, like I watched uh, ABDC the season where I Am Me was really big. They were dope. Yeah, Chachi came out. Like there was a lot of a lot to 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 di- divulge into there as a dancer. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to hear that you came up during that period of time. And ah man, you've been part of some legendary teams. Oh man, are you allowed to are you allowed to talk about that? Yeah. It's oh, okay. Okay. Something like hush hush. Um, All right. Cool. Yeah. Started off actually um, with super. Actually, there was a crew right before that called L2D. L2D. It was a really small crew, but I got really good training from them. Um, they were all about grooves. Um, it's funny because like we were talking about kind of like to go off topic kind of no, a no, little no. bit. This is your podcast, man. This is your episode. Oh, cool. Because I'm going to be everywhere. Dude. Take it where you want. Because <laughs> we were talking about like uh, coming up with the, the ABDC generation, YouTube generation, all that. Yeah. I feel like that's when dancing went more mainstream. Ooh. Like with crews and whatnot. Yes. Um, the public started seeing it more because we had more um, canvases to show our crafts. Like that's true. Social media started blowing up, and that's when dancing, I think, blow, blew up too. Yeah, and it's it's like it's crazy because it's something that people want to see. Like people look for like the hashtag dance on Instagram or like yeah. hashtag hip hop because people really enjoy watching dance. So as artists, like social media itself, kind of gives us. An entirely different canvas like you said to just like paint ourselves and most importantly to like provide opportunity definitely because in this day and age like in order to make money as a dancer it's all about opportunity and and it's all about how far you're willing to take it yeah in terms of searching for opportunity in terms of like linking up connecting building community um, and finding jobs essentially like getting booked yeah. booked and blessed I think is the hashtag that we're looking at booked and blessed <laughs> um, so talking about your history here you mentioned the teams that you've been a part of and uh, you've mentioned that you've been doing it from when dancing like blew up, when yeah. crew dancing blew up. You have a long history in the dance scene. How has your mentality shifted towards dance throughout the years, from when you started to now? Oh man, I think definitely I started off with a strong like student mentality because I was really passionate and I was really um, eager to get into the, the community. I saw dancing a lot, but I wasn't really a part of the community. Um, the first the first event I actually went to was uh, it was at this old old club called Hot Monkey Love. Hot Monkey Love, yeah. shout out Spectre Crew. Um, shout out to Spectre. Spectre Crew, super OGs. Um, they were doing a Halloween bash, and I was doing a documentary for uh, my high school, and that's the first time I ever went to a jam. And uh, from there, I saw like some crews like Culture Shock SD over Culture at Shock the Delmar State Fair. But I was always watching. I was on the outside looking in. And when I finally got a chance to get into the community, um, I was just hungry and I was just like trying to learn from anyone and everyone. Um, Always wanting more, that juice mentality. There we go. Bringing it back. Squeeze it out. Yeah, gotta squeeze it out. Um, You've battled a lot. Yeah. Um, You've won a jam recently in TJ, correct? I did. First time winning, actually, a battle. Really? Yeah, first time. Wow. (laughs) Because you, you popped off in that battle. I saw your clips and I was like, oof. My man is getting off out there. He's going international with this. Um, so that was tight to see, but I did not know that was your first jam that like the, that you've ever won. Yeah, man. Like, that was on the bucket list. So I had, <laughs> I actually had 10 things I wanted to do from uh, age 20 to 29. And that was the last one on the list. And that was the last one I crossed off. So I was just really grateful and blessed that it happened. You had to do it for the bucket list. Do yeah. it for the bucket list, man. That's, that's, the, that's the motto for this episode, doing it for the bucket list. Um, so you've done a lot and right now for example we're traveling we're, we're performing we're getting you know paid for it and that, that's a blessing in itself 
Um, you've traveled before internationally to yeah. perform as well. You went on tour, right? Yeah, um, that was. Uh, I went to China with the Jabberwockies. Um, huge blessing, huge dream come true. Probably one of the best times of my life, honestly. Um, but yeah, I got to travel with the Jabberwockies. Um, Body Poets, got to travel around with them all around uh, America. That was actually my first big break is there was actually this TV show called Fake Off. Yes, I watched I watched that, yeah. You did? Um not not back then when it aired. I actually watched that not too long ago. Oh, okay. Because when was it? It was for it was a gig that you and I did. Maybe yeah. like end of 2018, I'm not entirely sure. Where I was like, "You know what? These guys were on TV shows cuz JC was on it too." He was. So I was like, "You know what? Let me see what this is all about." Cuz a lot of people that I know now happen to be on that show like Sage, yeah. Omid, like all those people and I was like, "You know what? Like what was that about?" So it was an interesting show. Like the concept was good. Yeah. And like so I saw some familiar faces. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know this was like not at all what I would wanted to approach, but what was it like being on a TV show as a dancer? Oh man, it was eye-opening to see the process that it uh, that it took to put like a product on screen, right? Like for a national audience, right? Um, a lot of it was scripted, mm. um, which kind of like made me a little oh, okay. Everything's kind of fake, right? Yeah, yeah. But at yeah. the same time, it was real too because we had to put together these these performances. We had to figure out how to make these stunts work. Um, there was themes, right? There were themes, yeah. yeah. So, uh, for instance, for one, we had to, um, we were like some 80s, 70s gangsters, like 50s yeah, gangsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we uh, put some, like, some fireworks on the tap dancer's feet. <laughs> so when he would tap, there would be, like, explosions. Yeah, yeah, Like yeah. he was getting shot by a gun. So it was a, it was a cool process. I really enjoyed it. Would you ever do it again? Uh, actually, probably not. Ooh, wow. Probably I did not, not expect that. Why is that? Um... While it was a really good experience, it's something I did and I'm like kind of over, you know what I mean? Right, just crossing it off the bucket list. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so as a dancer now, what does that next level look like for you? Because you've done a lot. Yeah. What a lot of people that are coming up now want to do, you've already been there, you've done that. So what comes next for you? Dude, it's, like, it's actually crazy to hear that because I still feel like I haven't done a lot. That's that's such a humble mentality because like a lot of people are like, damn, like I wish I could tour, like I wish I could go overseas, I wish I could be on a TV show, World of Dance is the popping one right now. Yeah, man, that looks, oh man. But you've been there, you've done that. So, and you're still feeling like, damn, like I haven't done that much. You know what it really is, is I feel like all the, the things I've accomplished and it's a lot to do with the people I've been around and the opportunities that were presented to me. I did work hard, but you can't you can't really get anywhere without help from others that means giving to them so right now i want to give back to my community Ooh, that's what it comes down to i feel like you can grow a certain amount working for yourself yeah but when you start putting that energy outwards towards other people is when you grow the most because not only are you growing you're helping someone else grow so it's exponential that's true that's you hit that right on the head for a lot of people that never even occurs to them like this community that gave me a lot and that I became a part of, immerse myself in, a lot of people don't think to give back. Mm. And um, it's really cool seeing you take that perspective. And if you don't mind me asking, like, how does that, what does that look like for you when you think of giving back to the community? I think all of us are like individuals, right? right. Everyone has something about them that they can give. And in the dance world, at least, we all share that common theme that we're dancers, we love music, we love creating. Yeah. But there's always something else. You know, um, with me, one of my other big loves is reading books. Yes, very um, true, very true. And I think that's something that I have that I can give back. 
Mm. Like, uh, a lot of what I've accomplished has been because I'm an avid reader. You get other people's ideas, um, you learn up from other people's mistakes, their successes. If you can apply that to your life, it just uh, gets you where you're trying to go a little quicker than it would if you did it on your own. Right. You, you shared something on Facebook where it was like, uh, the average American reads less than a book a year. It's, it said one book a year, but then it had like an asterisk and it's like they don't finish that one book. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to front. Actually, I don't think I read a whole book a year either because I read like comic books, but even then, like, I don't think that counts. You can That's, learn from comic books. You can. Right? There's always like an overarching like moral theme to yeah. every comic book, but I feel like the way that you approach books and what you take away from it like that's something that inspires me like that's something that i wish i could do more of and i kind of like fill that void with podcasts yeah because listening to podcasts is like it's not exactly reading a book but it's it's people giving knowledge of some degree and and giving their input and it's kind of like talking to someone it's what you get out of it you know so seeing that you're like approach to everything is very it's very mature it's very wise you know what i mean and like you're someone that I, I really respect for that because I don't have a lot of people like that in my life that like approach things in such a way. And that's why it was really, really good to me when you told me that you were going to start a podcast. Yeah. Because of all people that I felt should be starting a podcast, you were definitely at the top of that list. Because um, you're, you're so wise. You have a lot to share. Um, and I don't, I'm not sure if you've like publicly like said this yet, but what is your podcast going to be about? What is the premise and uh, how far along in the process are you before okay. it releases? That's a, Okay, so the podcast is The Fresh Squeeze with Juice. The Fresh Squeeze. The Fresh Squeeze with Juice, right? I like that. That's tight. So basically what I'm trying to do is an interview podcast mm. and I'm trying to squeeze the wisdom out of whoever I'm interviewing. Ooh, that's good. You know, like get that good, fresh, refreshing taste of knowledge you know <laughs> drink it all the way down yeah so yeah that's basically what it is i'm also doing a campaign kind of thing like a little project where i'm going to read a book a week um so that's going to be 52 books i'm going to be posting synopsises on uh, facebook books. live live so a little that's like one way i want to share you know yeah like if i can read a book a week and then in like 10 minutes give you the main point of that book that's one way i feel like i can give back that's good yeah that's actually really tight because that that kind of like cuts out the work of yeah, reading a book. Exactly. And uh, I'm sure you interpret books differently than other people, you know? So whatever you take out from it, it might not exactly be what someone else will. So the way you di- like, ooh, the way you digest it yeah. will be different than someone else. Exactly. But th- that'll be tight. That'll be really tight. Um, podcasting is, is on the rise right now. It has yeah, been for really. a few years. Yeah. But right now, it's the easiest entryway. Like anybody can start a podcast and you don't have to like necessarily pay to publish it. Right. Anybody can listen to it. Everybody's got a smartphone. Yeah. So what made you decide to like finally hop on this wave of podcasting? Oh, man. I had the thought like the idea about two years ago. Ooh, you've been sitting on it that long? I've been sitting on it, man. Damn. I've been procrastinating. Let's call it what it is. Yeah. Um, and I, that's one of the reasons recently where I was like, you know what? I need to do this because there's other people like me out there who they want to do something. They have it in their heart. They have it in their head. And there's just something blocking them from getting it out. So if I'm able to even help people get past that, then I'll help. It'll be helping even more. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Everyone gives of themselves and more people are able to receive. You know, that's true. That's true. And podcasting is kind of a very selfless thing. Like, I'm sure there's very, like, selfish podcasts out there, but yeah. it's, it's always meant for someone else to listen to it. Yeah. So when you take that approach of, like, t- 
taking someone's wisdom and like essentially spreading it out for a lot of people to hear Mm -hmm. that's that's an extra selfless thing you know and that's kind of what i entailed for this podcast Uh but it was more so instead of like taking people's wisdom it was more exploring the person yeah the person that's in front of me you know um and and the way you're doing your podcast is exactly an example of someone that would be breaking new ground yeah someone that's taking a new idea and presenting it to their community um so this podcasting endeavor how does it differ from being a dancer in that process because they're two different worlds like a dancer could be a podcaster but i'm not sure if a podcaster could necessarily be a dancer yeah so the processes are different yeah so what is that like for you oh man i feel like i used to play a lot of video games growing up right same yes so with with this is kind of going on a little bit of an analogy but with the rpgs or role-playing games like you can create a character and level it up like to level 100 right yeah and then you can start a new character and it starts at level one but at the same time you have all that experience from leveling to 100 from before right right so basically even though i haven't i'm still level one when it comes to podcasting right since i have these levels in dancing i can take what i've experienced and learned from my dance life and apply it to podcasting mm. whether it's like um putting together a choreography Okay, so how can I put together this podcast? What's my intro look like? Where's the where's the the peak moment? Right. How am I going to end it? You know, you can kind of like take the the framework and just transfer it over. Yeah, no, that's really true. And uh, just like dancing, like podcasting, you have to brand yourself. You have to create an identity for your podcast. You have to see how how easily it can be digested, how well yeah. it translates to other people. Like some people can make a podcast and just have the audio, but no cover art no intro no consistency Mm -hmm. um and that's been an interesting avenue for me to explore and i'm sure for you it's been tenfold because it's it's everybody takes something away from it but for me it was definitely like okay i'm starting from scratch something entirely new and it's not like it's not like dancing where like body body movement is always like muscle memory Mm -hmm. Like, even though I, I always have my intro, like, welcome to the break, that, like, that's rehearsed, and that's <laughs> yeah. always just ingrained in my mind, every episode is different. Yeah. So there's episodes where, like, I get uncomfortable, and I'm like, oh, man, this is kind of like performing on a big stage. Like, I don't want to mess up. And then, especially when I mess up, like, that moment just, like, rings in my head. So how do you feel you're going to deal with that? Because it's, it's such a live process. For me, for example, like, I don't necessarily edit my episodes. Okay. So I'm not sure if you're going to take a different approach, but what would that be like for you? Just being on the spot and making sure that everything flows. Oh, man, I started freestyling. You know, like, <laughs> I'm a freestyler at heart. Right, so yeah. I feel like even though it's not, it's not your body, it's not movement, it's, it's spoken word, mm-hmm. I feel like I still have that, that top of the dome. Um, creativity where I can just spit something out and hopefully hopefully it transfers over yeah but just like you know learning a set or like a technique it's all it's all repetition that's true that's true eventually it all comes down to it's recording equipment it's someone else across from you and it's developing that content yeah um so you kind of touched on this earlier and I definitely want to like dive into it a little bit more okay technology social media all of that stuff so as dancers, we brand ourselves like individually or maybe sometimes as part of a collective, sometimes as teams. Um, explain like the pressures of dealing with that and like being a dancer in this day and age and you're kind of not necessarily nobody, but if you're not on like some sort of platform and like promoting yourself in such a way, you're considered like underground yeah. or someone that like just doesn't want to reach for that aspiration. 
So going from that and now going to a podcast where like that's exactly what you have to do to push yourself. Yeah. Like how do you deal with that pressure and, and how has that process been like for you? Oh man, dance wise, I was all in social media, um, especially like 2016, 17. Mm. Um, I was scheduling my post posting every day. Ooh, yeah. Like, I was in the it. post I was, scheduling, yeah. Yeah, man. I was doing this uh, 30 days in the lab that was kind of popping out one that's time. That's tight. That's tight. Posting a video every day. But uh, into 2017, I think it was. I actually got rid of uh, my smartphone. Yes, that was something that I was going to touch on too. Because you're like one of the few people I know that just carries around like a flip phone. I have a flip phone, bro. I'm, lo- still, in, uh, I'm still in 2007, like the good old days. It looks like a burner. It is <laughs> like a You're burner, just walking man. around with a burner. It is. Yeah, but it's, it's tight because like it definitely separates you from, from the regular person, you know? Like yeah. you expect to see a lot of people on their social media and everything and you're just carrying around like a straight up flip phone. That's tight. <laughs> I honestly that thought was my flip phone falling I honestly forget that I have a flip phone and that that's kind of like counterculture until right. someone's like whoa what is that I've never even seen one of those what is before. that artifact that you yeah. have right <laughs> this obsolete technology but yeah man I honestly I did that purely for myself mm. I, I took a I just looked at my habits and what I was doing and I looked at whether or not I was happy with what I was doing and the trajectory I was going and I decided it, I was better as a person without it than I am with it. Now, it's extremely important. It's a huge tool. Um, and I'm still going to use it. You know, um, I'm going to get a little iPad to be able to just, like, do posting, scheduling, things yeah. like that. Yeah. But uh, I'm not going back. I, I feel like uh, at the end of the day, face-to-face, that's where you make real connections. That's true. 100%. You can reach a lot of people on social media. But if you can reach people like face to face, I feel like that's more important and impactful. No, I, I'm 100% on board with you because some people lose that touch. Yeah. And, and a lot, even though like communicating digitally is crazy, just like I could reach out to someone in Australia right now and yeah. I've never been there. Like that's a crazy idea. But also, even though I can connect to them and like necessarily talk to them, wow. I can't connect to them yeah. like I can like connect to them but I can't connect to them because I'm not face to face I'm not exchanging like mannerisms gestures yeah and it's it's just different so yeah. I really like that approach that you take it's super refreshing and especially right now in 2019 where technology is shooting up like someone that stays grounded like that like yeah. that's so rare to find um so this is this is where it goes into a little bit more of who you are as a person okay. because uh as artists we all experience highs and lows you know like yeah everybody reaches that point of self-doubt but everybody at some point also reaches that that height of their career or for at least for the moment right yeah. because you never know how much higher you're gonna go yeah exactly so before we talk about your highs let's see if we can delve into your low points a little bit what yeah. would you consider your lowest point as an artist and talk a little bit more about that oh man it was probably uh 2014 15 something around there uh i had it was after fake off so to do that uh, show with the Body Poets, I actually dropped out of college. What? I dropped out of college to, to fly to Atlanta to shoot that show. We made it to the finals, but we didn't win. Right. So when I came back, it was kind of like, it was an amazing experience, but I feel like I didn't get the, the payoff. It was back to reality. Right. And I was like, oh my God, did I just throw away my life? I uh, suffered from depression, um, and it was like a lot of doubt. And I think that's what... Where you can make or break yourself almost right is what do you do when you're at your lowest point are you able to keep taking steps forward or at least not taking steps backwards um end of the day you have to have people around to support you and you have to believe in your dream enough that you keep going 
Like, literally, I would think, and I was like, I'm never going to stop trying to make dance a career. Right. I'll, I'll, and I, it would almost make me sad because I knew I would not give up, even if it got, like, even worse. But it worked out. So. Yeah, no, it, like, <laughs> it worked out, so. That was, like, a big, like, Yeah. But it worked out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but it's true. Like, there's a... There's always that moment where you question, like, what's next? Like, mm-hmm. I'm at this low point. Should I even continue? Like, what's what's my end goal here? How do I get out of this situation? I didn't know that you, like, dropped out of college for it. Yeah. That, that's pretty crazy. That's really committing to the dream. I was 100% committed. And that's also pretty rare. Like, a lot of people sometimes are, like, halfway in, halfway out. You're, like, going full in. Yeah. Um, and, and you describe, like, the fact that you just kept pushing. And, yeah. and now that you're here... And now that you're looking on the back end, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. Yes. What was the turning point? Like the specific moment where you were like, you know what? Like things are going to change and things are going to get better. Something I did that I don't tell too many people about is I had a journal I kept. And every day I would write down uh, what my goals were 10 times. I would pretty much say at the time it was one day I'll be at Jabberwocky. I'll travel the world dancing and teaching. And uh, the other one will have a podcast. I would write that down. I did that for I probably like eight months straight without missing it. And I was so focused on those three things. Like literally my subconscious was looking for opportunities at that point. You know how uh, you play Slug Bug? That game yes. where you're like, yes. you see a beetle, you sock the person <laughs> next to you. <laughs> yeah. Like I promise you, when you start playing that game, you're going to start seeing way more beetle bugs on the road. And it's the same thing with your goals. If you can... Uh, Get your subconscious tuned into what your goals are. You'll start seeing opportunities pop up. So that was the turning point, I think. I started looking for opportunities. I started thinking about my goals every day. And uh, I opened my mouth and asked for what I want. There was one point. It was, a, it was an audition. Or it was a class that uh, one of the job walkers was throwing. It was KB. And uh, he was like, oh, so what are your goals or something like that? Or what are you trying to do right now? So I was like, actually... You guys have an audition. I'm trying to get on. So what do I need to work on? You know. Right. Yeah. And then he told me some things to work on, and I worked on them. And then that that was the third audition. I was, that was what I told myself what the final audition would be, and it worked out. So I think close mouth don't get fed. Right. Very uh, true. Yes. Goals. <laughs> and you were like speaking it into existence. You're yeah. Putting it into a journal and making sure that you never forgot like what your goals were and where you're aiming to be. And uh, that's that's something that I feel like I might take away from this podcast is like always reminding myself where I want to be mm-hmm. and like how I'm going to get there because only recently have I understood the concept of like closed mouths don't get fed yeah and it took a long time to get there you know but now that I'm here like I understand that and that's how I'm going to keep pushing forward so we talked about your lowest point now let's talk about your highest point what would you consider the highlights of your career something that you'll look back on and you'll be like you know what this was it this is when I was popping you could always say now you could always be like this is it right <laughs> here on this podcast there's, there's one moment that uh, I treasure above all. Uh, it was Halloween Horror Nights over at Universal Studios. That was mm. the, the show I was doing with Jabba at the time. And uh, there's this part where we pop out and we're like moving slow motion and the audience was like to the left and right of us. And to the right there was this little kid with his mom. And I was moving in slow motion I saw the kid and I just kind of waved at him. And I can still see it like to this day. He kind of smiled and like grabbed his mom and started laughing and I was like, oh my god this is the best feeling ever and then the routine started but um, I read in a book like when you have memories like that what you should do is you should like when you think about them make it color uh, add music add sound so that way it sticks in your mind and that's just like one of my treasures like I feel like 
I feel like I gave that kid something yeah. that that they gave me when I was like 17, 18 years old, you know? So it just came full circle. The circle of life, yeah. The circle of life, yeah. <laughs> um, no, for real, like that's that was an unexpected answer. I'm going to keep it real with you. I, I was thinking you were going to be like, oh yeah, like when I went on tour. But no, like moments like that, definitely they're few and far between. Yeah. Like where you can definitely impact someone doing your art and like remembering that specific time frame and actually it's cool that you mentioned like that you got that from a book where you gotta like definitely keep that mind and like not curate it necessarily but like preserve it for what it was and like give it color give it music give it aromas i'm sure there's like something that you smelled at the time so that's really tight um so looking looking forward now Mm -hmm. um how long do you think you're gonna stay dancing how long do you think you're gonna take this and what's the end goal like where do you want to see yourself end up Oh man, that's the that's the tough question, man. Yeah, that's end goal. I'll I'll probably never stop dancing. I'll never stop being a dancer. I do want to get more into the freestyle scene and battling. Um, I'd like to maybe travel overseas doing that one day. Ooh, but a lot of good jams out there. There are, man. There's a lot. But more than anything, I just want to give back to the community, volunteer more. Uh, I'm volunteering at Body Rock. Shout out to Anna. Um, that's gonna be great. Um, but just giving back to the community, definitely giving back. Um, that's the goal now. That's I think that's the way it should be, you know, especially because as dancers, we all cross that, not threshold, but at some point you are making less like grand strides mm-hmm. in, in dancing necessarily. Like you still go up, but you've crossed a lot off your bucket list. Yeah. So then you, you have to figure out like, okay, now, now that I have all this knowledge, all this experience, like what do I do with it? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be selfish with it and just no. like, keep it here. It's all about sharing and giving back. Um, and some people host events. Mm-hmm. Some people do workshops. Um, some people do privates. Some people like take people under their wing. And you're someone that I could see doing all of that. <laughs> um, but also, you're someone that I definitely feel like could be winning a lot of battles. So hearing you say that like you're going to travel or that you want to travel and that you want to compete, like that definitely gets me excited. Because um, I mean, I'm, I'm also involved in the open styles community, but... There's a lot of talented people out there. And you don't you do not show face enough, man. You need to go out and rep more. I do, man. I mean, you know, I'm trying to do the big boy thing. Like I got a full time job too. Pull up the pants a little bit, but you always gotta make time for your passions because that's your life, you know? That's true. So yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. I wanna get out there more. I'm going to. So you mentioned community and you mentioned what we want to do with it. But now let's talk about how community differed from now as opposed to back when you were coming up. What are the major differences you see? Because I've only been involved with the community for so long. So I've only really seen like a one track kind of thing. But I'm sure it definitely differed from now as opposed to back then. Yeah. Oh, man. I came in right when social media started popping. Like, like yeah. I said, YouTube. Yeah. I was like right before or the beginning of the YouTube generation. So YouTube hit the scene and people started putting out YouTube videos. Then Instagram got popular and added one minute videos and that was a whole generation. And then like World of Dance was popping. People saw that on Instagram. Then there was a lot of people who were inspired by that. So it's just different forms of inspiration. How has it changed? Um, I think uh, people aren't as engaged with the community face to face. Right, yeah. Anybody can make a Facebook event. Anybody can give out advice online, but truly, like, being there, like, that's, that's rare. Yeah, that's man. That's rare. But that's also one of the beautiful things about the dance community is, like, 
Like, for example, making music, you don't have to necessarily go out somewhere to make music. Right. And while you could dance at your house, like, you get the most experience and probably the most growth when you go out and take class, when you go out and, like, to a live event, where you go out and compete, when you go out to a session. Yeah. So you, you kind of, you're kind of forced to have human interaction and, like, bring yourself into a, a social circle for dancing. So that's, that's one of the positives that I see. Because even though we are in that YouTube generation and Instagram and, like, going live and stuff, yeah. like, going live, you know, <laughs> it's like people still find a way to, to manage to keep that human aspect to it. Um, and, and sharing your craft with others is how you get better. Exactly. Essentially, you know what I mean? So it, it's cool to, to see that even though things were different back then, like, people are still pushing to keep it somewhat the same. Yeah. People like you, man, honestly, I respect you for, for that. You put, on, you put on events for people. You put on events for yourself. You're really giving back to your community. And you're pretty young, man. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you, yeah. you hit the ground running with it. Some people just, like, you know, take from the plate take from the buffet they don't bring anything to the, the cookout you know <laughs> i feel like you're bringing you're bringing some 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 fires some chili some some everything man bringing the mac and cheese yeah. spreading the wealth yeah all right so as we come to a close on the podcast the final question that i ask everybody and i yeah. think it, it's the question that definitely reflects how you're feeling in the moment and and what you would do when someone else is in your in your place what is one piece of advice you would give to someone that is looking to pursue their passion but is hesitant on taking that next step Uh, hesitation I think it all comes down to fear and uh, one thing that I read that stuck with me is basically fear um, it's just the arrow pointing you in the direction you can go mm. you should go right. you should lean into your edge like that thing you fear because that's where your greatest moment of growth is going to come so there's fear and then on the other side of fear is nothing most of the time what you're afraid of it's nothing. Right. Once you do it, it doesn't exist anymore. That's true. Yeah. Damn. I've never thought about that. <laughs> like, I've never thought about it like that. Because uh, a lot of times, like, it goes with the saying, like, the only thing stopping you from doing it is yourself. Yeah. And, um, I mean, to anybody that, that wants to start something new or something that they just haven't done before, like, that's, that's a good thing to keep in mind. Um, so before we close out this podcast and before we start getting ready to perform <laughs> yeah um is there any plugs that you would like to plug here on the podcast before we go any events that you might be throwing or any podcasts where we where might we find and what's the eta for your podcast ETA. social media any of that stuff all right social media i'm about to start that back up um i'll probably drop some in the like, comments or the doobly-doo or whatever yeah i'll give you some content yeah, 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 yeah a little bit but uh what's to look out for body rocks coming up i'm volunteering for that it's a great event um, when can you look out for the podcast? Let's go ahead and say July. July. July is coming out right now. You're getting a firm month right here. It's you heard happening. it first. July. Yeah. All right. And uh, social media handles, just in case someone's not listening in the comments. Uh, add me on Facebook, uh, Joshua.Washington. Um, you can add me on Instagram at SirJuice underscore. And. Um, yeah, check out Legend of Juice is the Facebook page. It'll be up pretty soon. It's going to host uh, a lot of content, dance videos, just some random pictures, inspirational quotes. I'll go live on there and I'll post the podcast on there. All the goodies, all the goodies. All right, to all those listening and to all those that were on the Facebook Live, um, thank you for listening to the podcast. And as always, keep breaking new ground. We'll see you next time. Thank you.
Peace.